everybody. He's Oliver. She's Lisa. I'm Eb. No, wait, that ain't it. I'm Mr. Haney. He's Mr. Drucker. She's Mr. Ziffel. No, that ain't it. Green Acres may be the place to be, but so is Vikings Report. Drew and Ted. Drew, how you doing? Green Acres is the place for me. Episode 32, and more importantly, Ted, opening week for the Vikings! Opening week, we are we are now full on into our, our our regular season format. Can you believe it? We made it, man. That, there can only be one beginning for that. Let's light this candle. <laughs> All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. How are you doing? I am doing really good. I'm so excited about the game. We're really fired up. We we talk Green Acres. Green Acres uh, may be the place to be. So is this show right here, right now. <laughs> Farm living may be the life for you, but Vikings football is the life for us. That's what we're going to talk about right now. Dude, and we, we get, made it! Dad, we, we made did it. it! Yeah, I was thinking back. You know, we started way back in December, like right before the Vikings' last game of the season last year. That, right. that barn burner in Detroit. And we, we went through the whole offseason. We talked about stuff when, you know, there was the, the dead period, the, the combine and the draft and free agency, and we're here. I just, just like, I'm so excited. So excited. So excited. Like, real Vikings football is getting ready to start. I, I can't I can't wait. Plus, it gets to be wait. more of an accomplishment when we get in our mid-50s. <laughs> we're not dead. What <laughs> made it again? They did it again. Yeah. Still here. And as you can see, I am not dead. Uh, Speaking is still here. We have one more over-under this week. Drew, why don't you go ahead and rattle that off, and that will wrap up our over-under. And again, because they're season-long over-unders, we won't announce the winner until the end of the regular season. But, Drewster, go ahead and take it away with your over-and-under. What does the winner win? A $100 gift certificate to NFLproshop.com, I believe. Make it rain. Let's see it. Make it rain, dudes. $100 gift certificate to NFL.com. Here we go. We are on question 10. You know what, Ted? Before I read question 10, I want to take 30 seconds to run through this little list for you. You'll probably appreciate this. These are all the people that have been sticking with this, this contest for the last two and a half months. All right. What kind of questions come out to? We got Steve Schuler, the great Coop, Reggie Adams, Jason Feinhock. Nick Howard, Justin Barkley, Freebird TV, Freebird, Trooper 88, Dan Henneman, Nicholas Roussan, Stephen Hilchin, Doc Proto. Where would be about Doc Proto? That's, that's all the regulars, man. Jeffrey Kinney, Jason Miller, D. Gatz, Raymond Hoagland, GMAX72, Rob Nelson, uh, Dan Lee, Jamie Doyle, Shane Lynn, Ryan Johnson, Big Hig. Those are just those are some of the people that have been playing week after week after week. So I wanted, you know, they deserve a shout out because that takes a lot of effort. And if it's the same Shane Lynn, I went to high school with a guy by the name of Shane Lynn back in East Grand Forks, Minnesota. So thanks really? for watching, Shane. Yeah, glad glad you tuned in. Glad you found us. Hope things are going well with you, my friend. No relation to the great Jose Lynn, second baseman for the Pirates. No, I no, I don't believe so. Okay, okay. Question ten, last of the questions. We don't need to go over the rules. If you haven't played yet, you're not going to win. Here is question 10 of over under. And this week we finish off the questions with the most important number of all, Ted. We are doing total points for the Minnesota Vikings offense in 2021 in the regular season. I have the over under set at 400. 400. 400 points in 17 games. Will the Vikings finish over or under? You know what to do. You know where to put your answer in this episode right below in the comments. What what was the point total last year? Do you have that number? It was 430. 2018, we had 360. Okay. 
2019, we were at 407. Okay. Uh, last year, we were at 430. Uh, friends and family members of Vikings Report through Intent LLC are ineligible <laughs> to win the prize, and we're not an LLC. We're, we're just a goofy show with two old fat guys. But what we're doing, um, I'm, going, I'm going under, I think, because the Vikings, and here's my reasoning. I think the Vikings defense is going to be better, so the Vikings are not going to have to play catch up as much as they had to last year, so their point total is going to go down. Oh, I'm probably going under on that too, but you know, it'll be an interesting question. Good question for our last one. Thank you to everybody who's been playing. It's really been a success. And at the end of the season, somebody will be rewarded. If we have a tie at the end of the season, name goes in the bag. We shake it up vigorously because that's the only way to really shake it is vigorously. If you're going to shake it, Ted, you got to do it vigorously. And, that's what uh, she said. Wow, that is really hard. You really think you can go all day long? Well, you always left me satisfied and smiling, so. That's what she said. <laughs> we'll, we'll pull the winner out. We'll pull the winner out, baby. Pull it out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going there with that one, no. Okay. Make sure you get your comment in before noon central time on Wednesday in the comments. So, and one other contest we're going to start this week. We're going to get to it a little bit, but uh, this week begins our season-long fantasy football contest between Drew, Tunces, and myself. And and when we get to that, so stay tuned. When we get to it, we'll explain it further. But we are starting our fantasy football uh, contest this week uh, as well. But before we get to that, we're going to talk Minnesota Vikings news. It looks like the Vikings roster. Last week, we did our big roster cut show. There were still a lot of moving pieces and parts after we, we recorded. Everson Griffin was released and then re-signed. That happened to a fair amount of guys in terms of procedural moves, the Vikings called it. But the roster is now pretty much set. Drew, is there any areas of strength or areas of weakness that, that may concern you or that you're really fired up about for this Vikings 53-man roster? I'm really fired up to see how that D-line is going to play. Yeah. I have a question about the cut thing. What was the deal with the punter? It seemed like we cut him and then rehired a different – the punting thing seemed like the last <laughs> What the hell was going on with the punter? Excuse me. Can I ask you a quick question? If you had to choose between which uh, cereal to get, which one would you pick? I'm trying to make a good choice here. These are the same here. Huh? Well, I know they're both cereals, but which one would you pick? You mean – of uh, these two boxes? Yeah, these these two brands. Which one would you select? There are these are the same. Well, yeah, they're both cereals, so I get that. But Kellogg's whole grain fiber. You got the same box. Well, so we brought them back, and then we brought in another guy from Portugal or something. I don't know. So, so what happened was with the Vikings. Uh, it was what Britton Colquitt was the punter last year. At one point, the Vikings had, had released the kicker, the punter, and I believe also the long snapper. They had like no, <laughs> they had like no specialist on the team at all. It was, uh, look, we're going to cut you, but then we're going to bring you back. It had something to do with salary guarantees, or I, I'm not exactly sure. sure. But the full intention was to bring him back. Uh, so they, they, <laughs> they cut Colquitt. They said, hey, hang around. We're going to resign you. And then, like, I heard he was actually at the facility when they did not resign him. And instead... They signed a guy by the name of Jordan Berry to become the Vikings' new punter. And Colquitt was like, you know, all of a sudden uh, going, knocking on the door to pick up his date, uh, and she's already left with another guy for the evening. It's kind of weird. That's just kind of bizarre. But the sorry, bro. She took off with some other guy. Yeah. Oh, I'm. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're not him. Yeah. Sorry. This is really <laughs> awkward for everybody now. Ooh. So Colquitt's not the punter anymore. He is not. No. Okay. I just wanted to get that straight. I saw he got released 32 times, and I wanted to yeah. make sure we had the right. Two areas of concern for me. One, only having uh, two quarterbacks on the roster, active roster. Kellen Mond's going to be the backup. You know, we've said it before. Kirk Cousins is a very durable guy, but the Vikings could be in a in a in a really uh, tight spot if if something happens to him and they you know I think they signed it was it Sean Mannion our old friend Sean Mannion for the practice squad so yeah yay so the quarterback after Kirk but Kirk never gets hurt so that's not a, not a big deal I hope the the thing that bothers me is tight end and I, I know it was kind of the Vikings had a had a tough had a tough situation with Irv Smith going down but you look at their tight end 
depth right now. It's Tyler Conklin, Brandon Dillon, Ben Ellison, uh, and and Chris Hernan, the guy they they traded for from the Jets just last week, right after the Irv Smith news broke. And this is bothersome or concerning because all training camp and all preseason, the Minnesota Vikings were running a lot of two tight end sets. Right. And Irv Smith was was really featured a lot and it looked like, okay, this they're they're gonna make some money with this. And now they're gonna maybe have to adjust that. And like Mike Zimmer, I think he said almost through gritted teeth, oh, we're gonna have to use more three wide receiver sets now. Ah! Like he was genuinely mad. Fine. That is a Popeye look right there. I think that that two tight end set was going to be a lot of their base formation. And now, do they have guys that can not run that offense? If not, well, now we have to look at wide receiver depth and look who we got past, you know, Thielen and Jefferson. And and that's that's kind of a question mark, too. Is D.D. Westbrook going to be ready? Is he going to play? Well, Hernan had a really good rookie year. But the last two years, he hasn't matched any of that. So I don't know what, whether it's just, it's hard to judge somebody that's on the Jets. I mean, come on, man. You know, and it was Adam Gase who, you know, you look at film of Adam Gase and he kind of looks like a serial killer. He's got those crazy eyes, man. Eyes, eyes, eyes. I have two eyes. Eyes, eyes, eyes. They give us eyes, eyes, eyes. He's got those crazy eyes. I'm not where lying. And, and how did he get a job? At, where, where was he before the Jets? Miami? Wherever it was, it just, he was just awful. Just awful. We'll see. We'll see what he could do. He's going to get over here, pick up the system. Let's see what he could do. But you know what? Yeah. I've seen some highlights of him. He's, he's not a shabby receiver. He's not too shoddy. No. I mean, you know, his thing was drops. You know, you, you throw him the ball, and, and he can make the difficult catch. He has a hard time making the, the catch right. right between the numbers. And, oh, okay, cool. Hey, that's what you want on a tight end, a guy that, oh, <laughs> my bad. Sorry. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, this is awkward. You want to Jackie Jackie Smith going on? Roger, back to throw. Has a man open in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown! Drop. Dropped in the end zone. Jackie Smith all by himself. Oh man, you must be a here. So, like, my strength, I guess, would also be the defensive line. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Daniel Hunter, Dalvin Tomlinson, Michael Pierce, and probably Everson Griffin. Now that he's back, probably mixing in. A fair amount. Sheldon Richardson is now in the mix back again as well. I think that's going to be a, a really a tone-setting defensive line for, for 2021. As this defensive line goes, so goes the, the Vikings defense, in my opinion. I think that's the area that we most need to see improvement on after, what, 475 points allowed last year? And that's bad. As of this recording, Anthony Barr's status has not been determined. He is not on injured reserve, which is good. Soccer. Um <laughs> So we'll see with Anthony Barr. He <laughs> could very well be dead. <laughs> <laughs> he could very well be dead. He could be, yeah. Speaking of football news, there's some NFL news we want to talk about. The Cowboys Buccaneers played last night, as you saw this. We are recording before the game, and it has been reported that like nine Dallas Cowboys players did not play because of COVID or, or close contact to COVID. One of them being all-pro guard Zach Martin. Hell of a player. Huge loss for the Cowboys. Do you think this is an anomaly, or do you think this is something is only going to get worse as the season goes on? Because last year, the NFL as a whole did pretty good for the most part with COVID. They had to reschedule a couple games, and not no games were lost, but a couple games had to go off on like a Monday or a Tuesday or, or whenever it was. But is this a big deal? Going to be a big deal, you well, think? I don't know really if the- being we're recording before the Cowboy game, but if they got throttled because of that, then you're probably going to see more people being worried, more teams being worried about it. I think what's going to happen right now, the NFL is doing, I think, weekly COVID tests for vaccinated players who can still get COVID. Right. I think what's going to happen is there is going to be a team that has to forfeit a game because a vaccinated guy got COVID and infected unvaccinated guys or other vaccinated guys or whatever. And that team's going to have to forfeit, and then the NFL is going to go to daily testing mm. for players. To like, I think, which is what they did last year. Interesting to see how the NFL handles it when kind of the worst-case scenario. Because they, I, I don't think they can go back now and they say, look, if you got too many guys that can't play, you're going to forfeit the game. We're not going to reschedule it. Right. And if that actually has to happen, 
what the reaction of the owners is going to be and what the reaction of the players is going to be and what the circumstances are. Was it mostly vaccinated players that got it that couldn't play because they said they would try and reschedule games if it was vaccinated players that that got COVID and couldn't play. So we'll see what happens. But do you do you happen to know what the percentage is for the Vikings in terms of vaccination? It's not among the highest in the NFL. It's actually pretty low because you have and you also have like really key guys like Thielen and Harrison Smith and Kirk Cousins that are not vaccinated. And I, I don't I don't think Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison are either. But oh, at least the main guys are. <laughs> wow. See, that's that that's going to be problematic if, if that happens with Vikings. Because you could theoretically wipe out, you know, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, um, Kellen Mond. I, yeah. I mean, man, you used to give me bad. Ted, bad. what happens if you lose a playoff spot because you had to forfeit <laughs> because of COVID? That, oh, my God. Ooh. Ooh. Told you. Are you okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what will happen all i know is i'm gonna spend the day on twitter because it is going to melt down it's gonna absolutely melt down and i can't wait to watch it happen imagine that man it'll be bad but that's really pretty much all the news i mean the the vikings are gearing up to play They're they've got some health issues kane wangu isn't gonna play he's on ir but you know Mm -hmm. the the two guys we've talked about bar and derisaw are not on iron we both kind of expected they would be so Maybe borrow play. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll find out Sunday. We're starting our new fantasy football segment this year. And I heard um, it's a fantasy football thing where people can be interactive and play with us. They can. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. What a perfect segue. <laughs> so what's going to happen this year is Drew, Ruby, and I are going to pick a quarterback, a running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end each week. We can only pick that player one time throughout the course of the season. If after we pick, this player comes down with COVID and can't play, too bad, so sad. You can't replace him. You get John Butarski's grade point average, 0.0 for the week. And so what you guys are going to do, we're going to reveal our fantasy teams. You guys are going to kind of decide what team you think is the best team for that week, and you pick a winner. And we're going to do that for 18 weeks, and whoever – picks the most winners throughout the course of 18 weeks is going to win a prize. Not sure what that prize is yet. Fat prize, Ted. Just like always, if we have any ties, it goes into the bag of cornucopia and we'll draw out a winner. We have basically a standard PPR scoring system. So who wants to reveal their fantasy football team for week one first? Trips his team up there first. Ruby, who you got this week? Ladies I first. can't remember who I picked. I got Tootsis. <laughs> is really into this game, folks. As you <laughs> I have Tunes' lineup right here. All right. So we got Jalen Hurts as quarterback, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel from the 49ers is one wide out. Cup is the other wide out. Cooper Cup and her tight end is the unicorn, Kyle Pitts from Atlanta. Ooh, right off the bat. Yeah, Ruby's going with unicorn, the greatest tight end ever to play, even though he hasn't played. He'll Not be- one snap. That's her lineup. Drew? Mine, as we flash mine up there. Going with the hometown favorite, Dalvin Cook, is my running back. I got Matt Ryan from the Falcons, my quarterback. Terry McLaurin from the Redskins is one wide receiver. Hollywood Brown from the Ravens is my other wide receiver. And George Kittle over the middle is my tight end. That is my starting five. So we have two of the starting five. There's my starting five, and we will throw up yours now. Who do you got? My friend, we, we've got a lot of similar picks this week. I have uh, Sunshine Spicoli, Trevor Lawrence is my quarterback for week one. <laughs> going to throw out the rookie. There you go. So Dalvin Cook, I, I think he's going to have a big game against the Bengals. My two wide receivers, uh, I also picked Terry McLaurin, but I chose uh, Stephon Diggs as my other wide receiver. And my tight end is also George Kittle over the middle. So three of our five guys were the same. Tell yeah. We don't conspire on these things, Ted. We no, don't see each other's we don't. People need to know that. They're probably thinking, ah, oh, three don't. out of five. They, they made those picks at the same time. We, we did not. We are finding out right now who, who the other, other folks picked on this show. Just brilliant minds thinking alike. So uh, I'm obviously going to win. Which one of you is going to come in second? <laughs> so pick a team. Everybody pick a team. There's no second or third either. If you pick the winning team out of these teams, Tootsies, Ted, or my team, you pick the winner, you could get out to an early one to nothing lead in our standings, in our fantasy football standings. But we wanted to bring that and let you be a part of it also. 
All right, so that is our fantasy football. We'll be doing that uh, every week throughout the course of the season. And now it's time for something that Drew and I have been looking forward to since he approached me about doing this show with him. So back, back in the 1970s when Drew and I were growing up, we watched the NFL today on CBS because at the time NFC games were on CBS and, and the NFL today pregame show was just the best in the business with Brent Musburger and Jimmy, the Greek Snyder and Irv Cross and, and Phyllis George and later Jane Kennedy. It, it's the inspiration behind Vikings. In my humble opinion, that pregame show from back then is still the gold standard for pregame shows today. It, it just, it was just quality television all the way through. Um, and one of the coolest things that they did, was their weekly prediction. So Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek would get up in front of this big, huge board, and they would have one team on either side, and then they would have a bunch of these categories. And Jimmy the Greek and, and Brent Musburger would talk about these games and, and highlight some of the different categories. And because gambling was such a such a taboo thing in the NFL back then, they couldn't say, hey, uh, the Vikings are three-and-a-half-point favorites over, over the Bengals this week or whatever the spread is. Three points. Uh, three points, Ted. Yeah, it's three points. They, they couldn't they couldn't say that. No. So Brent Musburger would be really coy about it. He's like, so Greek, you think uh, the Vikings are about a field goal better than the, <laughs> the Bengals? Are? And everybody knew what he was doing. Right, right. And, that was and, awesome, man. And, and, if like the, and if the point spread was like three and a half, he'd say, so what do you think? 21-17 or a 13-10 game? What, what do you got there, Greek? He's like, no, I think I think they're going to be going to be about a touchdown better. And it was just. I was too young to understand it at the time, but, but looking back and watching some old clips now, it's absolutely hysterical how they just were coy and dodged around the point spread. But they talked about the point spread just about every game. The segment of that show was so important in my life. There was yes. two things in my life that were important. The Saturday, this week in the NFL with Harry Callis, to go over all the highlights. The only way you can see highlights. Living uh-huh. in San Diego. So I love that segment. And I'm glad we're recreating it today. Yeah, for me, it was the NFL today and then the, the halftime highlights on Monday Night Football. Yes, I got, I got to, yes, I got to stay up. Unless the Vikings <laughs> were on, I got to stay up until the halftime highlights were over. And then I had to go to bed. So, yeah, it was the NFL today and then the halftime highlights. So in honor of Jimmy the Greek Snyder and Brent Musburger's pregame scouting reports for the, for the games that Sunday, we would like to unveil our pregame board here at Vikings Report. Sets and throws, intercepted, picked off by Kendricks. Eric Kendricks looking for the angle, dives to the end zone, touchdown Vikings. All right, so now our board has a couple of different categories, but it's mostly the same. We've got quarterback, running game, receivers, the offensive line, the defensive line, the linebackers, the secondary, the special teams, the coach, and then we have my favorite category, intangibles. Because when I was a kid, I didn't understand what the word intangibles meant. But they had it on there every week. That was always their last one, too. So I asked my dad one time, I said, Dad, what are intangibles? And he's like, son, they're kind of like things you can't really see. So like the air? No, just just watch the show. So we'll start off with quarterback. For me, Drew, I've got Cousins is the better quarterback right now. I mean, Joe Burrow, first-round pick. I think he was first overall pick last year. I had the torn ACL I had like nine or ten games into the season. And from reports out of Bengals camp earlier this year, he was, he was looking kind of skittish. I don't know if that's gotten better. I don't know what the deal is. At some point in his career, Joe Burrow could very well be a, a much better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, but right now, I've got Kirk. That's almost word for word what I got in my notes. I got to go. I got to go with Kirk Cousins on the check mark here, Ted. Yep, you know, me too. 109 career starts compared to 10. And, you know, it's a big, big difference in experience. So I got to give the experience nod to Kirk Cousins and say, uh, you know, in the future, Burrow might end up being the better quarterback. But for this game, check mark goes to Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So we both agree on Kirk. 
The second category we have is running game. Drew, what's uh, what's your opinion on the, the Vikings versus Bengals for the running game? Well, both have a real workhorse guy now. Um, there's no Giovanni Bernard. There's no committee left in Cincinnati that used to be their kind of thing. Now it's Mixon. It's kind of Mixon against Dalvin Cook. Last year, the Vikings were fifth overall in run offense with 142 yards a game. The Bengals were 24th. I know it's a new season. I know that both offensive lines have been really restructured. So I'm gonna, I'm still gonna, I'm gonna give the check mark to the Vikings on this. I am too. Uh, Joe Mixon's a good back. I think Dalvin Cook's better. Well, you mentioned where where the Vikings compared to the Bengals stood in in offensive production running the ball last year. Even with a, a bad pass protecting offensive line, the Vikings run game offense is as on par with anybody's in the NFL. If they had a, a quarterback like Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, they'd probably have the top running offense in the NFL like like the Ravens did. But it's still exceptional. And and the thing is they they know who's going to be getting the ball ninety percent right. of the time. So yeah, I'm I'm going with uh I'm going with Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota Vikings as well. So right now we've got uh, Vikings two, Bengals nothing. Our yeah. third category, receivers. You said in the running game it's a new year, and, and that really very much holds true for the Bengals because they've got first-round pick Jamar Chase. Very quiet in the preseason, but he looks to improve upon the 27th-ranked passing offense from last year. That said, I, I still like the Vikings. I, I think it's hard to find a duo better than Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Now I'm concerned without Irv Smith there that that a lot of attention will be placed on Thielen and Jefferson and uh, if and until a, a tight end can emerge to maybe take some heat or pressure off those two guys on the outside. But when you look at the Bengals secondary, I, I would argue their best secondary guy was Trey Waynes and he's out this week. He's not going to play. So you've got Ohio State alumnus Eli Apple in his place and he has not been a good that, that's that's a big downgrade, Trey Waynes to, to Eli Apple. People had opinions about Trey Waynes when he was here, but I, I always admired the guy's game. He, he was a solid tackler, always was, was very quick to forget the last play and just move on if he gave up a big play. And he always seemed to come up with a big play when the Vikings needed it. So that's going to that's gonna be a huge loss for the Bengals. So I'm picking the Vikings receivers in this one. This was a tough category for me. This was tough because you know what the Vikings bring. They lost Irv Smith, which you kind of got to give, even though since he doesn't have a real household name at tight end, you kind of got to give him the nod there. But when you look at Cincinnati's wide receivers, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, that's, that's like a murderer's row of wide receivers. Maybe not now, maybe in the future. The potential is definitely there. Yeah, I mean, there's a three, three really big names right there. I mean, from, at least from the college level if you throw up their college stats but they, they haven't settled in yet chase is really struggling in the preseason and you know burrow is just getting started too they're all kind of new working together and that's something the vikings have lee jefferson jefferson Thielen, and cousins all are pretty much in sync with what they're doing so it was close for me after i wrote down all my information i compared the notes and taste tidbits but i have to give the check mark to the Vikings wide receivers. All right. So now the next category in our final offensive category is offensive line. Drew, why don't you kick off this segment? Everybody watching from Cincinnati is going, these guys are nothing but homers. <laughs> if you are watching us, thank you from for, for joining us. But Tyler we kind of went to Vikings show. So, yeah, go ahead. Well, this is my closest matchup out of all 11 categories, Ted. Both these teams struggle the offensive line. Both of them, talk about simply from guard play. I think both of them were rated at the bottom of the pack last year in the NFL in terms of guard play. Cincinnati had just as many problems as the Vikings did. Shifting guys around, moving guys around. They're still not set. They got Jonah Williams over there. He's been hurt. He hasn't really even played yet. And over on the right side, this is kind of interesting. They're going to have Riley Reef probably might be lining up against Daniel Hunter. Yeah. So that will be interesting in itself. I'm going to give the Vikings just a real a slight edge on this. I'm going to give the edge ever so slightly to Cincinnati. I, okay. I think player for player, they're they're very even. I think O'Neal's a little bit better than Riley Reef. I think Riley Reef is a better left tackle than right tackle. I think that's going to cost the Bengals maybe a little bit. Rashad Hill not you know being a being a backup and playing. Garrett Bradbury has still been underwhelming. Ole Udo, great unknown right now. Look great, look good in training camp in the preseason, but now it's for real. So 
how is he going to perform? So I barely, but just barely, I'm going to give the edge to to the Bengals offensive line. Can't you see Hunter handing Reef his lunch? I mean, come on. I, I, I can, but I can also see Reef because he practiced against him for four straight years, has a pretty good idea of what Hunter's primary and secondary moves are and and could maybe do a better job of, of negating Hunter than maybe a, a, another guy. So now we move to uh, the defensive line. Bengals lost a, a really good player in Carl Lawson, went to the Jets, who and because he went to the Jets and nothing good ever happens to the Jets, Lawson promptly tore his Achilles, he's out for the year. But the Bengals signed Trey Hendrickson, who's a pretty good defensive end in his own right. The guy's a stud, dude. But he is he is kind of head and shoulders, I would argue, their best guy above everybody else. And there's just not, although he's good, the defensive line from left to right is not nearly as good or as deep as the Minnesota Vikings. I don't think. When you have when you have Hunter, you have Griffin, and you got Thomason and Pierce, plus Sheldon Richardson rotating in. I just like the Vikings, not only the the frontline talent, but their depth, I think, is a little bit better. So I'm giving it to the Vikings here. What's interesting about the defensive lines, Ted? What's that? Both of these teams lost three of four of their defensive linemen. Minnesota keeps Hunter, although he didn't play last year. He's still a Viking that's considered a regular. Hunter, and then other three are all different. Bengals had Sam Hubbard, left defensive end. All three are different. Both teams lost the majority of their of their defensive linemen. Mike Daniels, Christian Covington, and Carl Lawson are all gone. Although Mike Daniels, I heard, signed about an hour ago. Vikings only had 23 sacks last year, which is terrible. Mm-hmm. This is the most terrible sacking team in Cincinnati. They only had 17. They're the worst sacking team in the league. So I'm giving the Vikings a check mark here, too. All right, next category is linebacker. Drew, go ahead and take this one. They returned Jermaine Pratt at linebacker, but he's not Eric Kendricks. Who is? You know? They replaced Josh Vines with a guy I was hoping the Vikings would draft out of Appalachian State, Davis Gaither, Akeem Davis Gaither, who I was really high on in the draft. He ended up going to Cincinnati. He will be taking Vines' spot. And another young draft pick from 2020, Logan Wilson. So they got two really brand-new guys at linebacker, two young two youngsters at linebacker. Still, I got with, – with Kendricks being in there and being in charge of how he does, and he's one of the best middle linebackers in football. I got to give the Vikings a check mark on that. This one is is not as cut and dried for me simply for the fact I don't know what Anthony Barr's status is. Right. I think Nick Vigil, who would play in place of Anthony Barr if Anthony Barr does not play against his old team. That's yeah. always motivating. Yes. Would be an upgrade over Eric Wilson from last year. But does that mean that makes the the Vikings linebackers better than the Bengals linebackers? And the only reason I'm going to say yes is because. Again, they have a, a player that is just absolutely head and shoulders above everybody else on the field of that position, right. and Eric Kendricks. He was one of the few bright spots in a terrible defense last year, and and uh, I think he's kind of become the the leader of this defense along with Harrison Smith. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to give the edge to the Vikings here as well. That's a sound <laughs> when you make a check mark. That's a sound, Ted. All right. Yeah. The next category is secondary. And we mentioned this earlier at the beginning of the show. Trey Waynes, the, the Bengals starting quarterback, spent five years with the Vikings to start his career is not going to play. If there was a weak link in this defense last year, it was the Vikings secondary. But everybody that played last year is gone. Well, other than Harrison Smith. In is Bashad Breeland. In is Patrick Peterson. In is Xavier Woods. And back is Harrison Smith. The only guy I would have really wanted one of them to bring back when it was all said and done. Right. Peterson hasn't been great the last couple of years. Breland's been okay, and, and he he beat out Cameron Dancer for the starting job. Can we push a category? Because I just think there's too many uncertainties with these guys yet to just say definitively the Vikings secondary is better than the Bengals. I think there's a lot of uncertainty for the Bengals secondary with Trey Waynes out. Eli Apple, is, as much as I hate to bag on an, an Ohio State guy who He's did so well, back did away. So well oh. in the 2014 National Championship run. He's terrible. Go Bucks. I just think I think Jefferson and, and Thielen are going to feast on that guy. But I, I don't know how the Bengals receivers, they could very well do the same against these untried. Although they're vets, we'll see. I, I just, I'm going to push. It's kind of cool doing this, the research on these, because as you go by position by position, you notice how close a lot of them are. Yeah. When you really, I mean, the Vikings allowed 
258 yards a game passing last year, Ted. Cincinnati allowed 241. That's almost identical right across the board. Yeah. They have two very good safeties, um, and Jesse Bates and Von Bell. I didn't know Waynes was out. That will certainly probably hurt them, but they have a very good corner on the other side with uh, Cheeto Awuzie. And everything that you mentioned about the Vikings, even though they, they got trashed at secondary last year, they're bringing in new guys. Bringing in new guys doesn't mean jack until you prove yourself. You can bring in all the names you want. And and none of those guys, none of the, those four guys we mentioned played together in the preseason. Patrick Peterson didn't play. Right. And I don't think Harrison – I could be wrong, but I don't think Harrison Smith played. If he did, it was just a, a handful of snaps. So so although they practiced together, they have not played together and reacted to an actual in-game situation. So I, right. I just – I can't head and shoulders give them the advantage over this. You gave it a push. I'm giving Cincy the check on this. Okay. It will hurt them that Wayne's is out, but they got a good corner on the other side. I'm going to give them the slight check on this. Okay. Special teams. Wait. Red zone offense. Oh, I'm, you're right. My bad. Red zone offense. The thing with the Vikings red zone, the, the, the Bengals were terrible. The Vikings weren't great. I don't know if this is going to be a, a game played between the 20s and that's going to come down to field goals. It sure feels like it. Because I think the Vikings have the more experienced playmakers, I'm going to give them the slight edge on this last year. I'm right with you on that. My check mark also goes to the Vikings. 71% of the time, Minnesota got a touchdown in the red zone, which ranked them sixth in the NFL. Not bad. And the Cincinnati defense allowed a touchdown 64% of the time, which put them in the bottom half or bottom third of the league. Since he only scored 50% of the time in the red zone, which ranked them almost dead last. So you, your words are very true, Ted. Bengals suck in the red zone. Uh, next category, special teams. Bengals. Bengals get my check mark. It's over at DraftKings. The Vikings are 25th. Bengals are third. You know what's weird? The Vikings have a punter who's never punted for the team. They have brand new kicker. The the Bengals also, they had uh, Bullock played 12 games and Siebert played four games. Neither of those guys are back. They're going with a brand new, they're going with a brand new kicker themselves, Ted. Evan McPherson. No relation to the great L. McPherson. You remember, remember Ellie McPherson? I, I, I do, yes. I know more about her than I do about the Bengals McPherson. <laughs> but if she's kicking for the Bengals even at 57 that'll be a treat for all of us I'm buying a jersey if that's the case you know what for anybody watching from Cincinnati they're probably thinking these guys are homers they don't give us any love I'm going to give you a tasty tasty tidbit um, the punter for Cincinnati Huber did you know there's only three Bengals in history that have played more games than Huber their punter really that's shocking Kenny Anderson, Ken Riley, and a defensive guy named Reggie Williams. He got drafted there in 2009. Now, if you, you're on the Bengals from 2009 to 2021, don't you get some kind of severance out of that? He has paid his dues, brother. Real, right? Man. That is <laughs> – That's just a round of applause just for sticking with that franchise for 12 years. That All right. Uh, we're down to our last two categories, right, coaching and intangibles. Drew, I want to ask you a question. <laughs> When we talk about Mike Zimmer, are cicadas a thing out in California? Or what? The cicadas, the, 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 the loud bugs that are everywhere in the Midwest and out in the East Coast. Yeah, they're big out here, Ted. Okay, so, so they're loud and they're annoying and they're flying all over the place. Well, see, the thing about cicadas is they, they go bury into the ground and come out like once every 17 years. Okay. And I was kind of thinking about these cicadas. Well, I, they, one was was hitting the window to my back door, and it sounded like somebody was throwing a rock at it the other night, drinking a beer. And I said, you know, Mike Zimmer is like these cicadas. They'll come out of the ground, and once every 17 years, he'll have a good year. But the rest of the time, he's just going to make a lot of noise, beat against the window, get a lot of attention, and nothing really happens. <laughs> but that said, he's better than Zach Taylor, who went 4-11 and 1 last year. Yeah! Yeah, that's it! The thing we've said about Mike Zimmer is he is the king of what? He's the king of bad teams. Yes! Out of the ground once every 17 years. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Zimmer is the better coach on the sidelines on this day. So what I'm giving it? it to Mike Zimmer. <laughs> so we can call him the Cincinnati Cicadas now, right? <laughs> sure. I'm giving, I'm giving Coach Zimmer. 
the check mark right here, just because of everything you just said. Zimmer might have some flaws, but he's at least he's at least been around the block a couple of times, so he gets the coaching nod here. I'm not, probably not going to give him the nod too many games, but he gets, <laughs> he gets my check mark today, Ted. All right, our last category, Drewster, is intangible. Why don't you add all the all the the stuff you can't see, like Air Dad? No, just watch the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when you add all that stuff up, the, the only thing going against the Vikings, I think, right now is that they're having to play on the road outside. And and histor- they just have not been a good road team. But I think when you look at the talent between the Bengals and the Vikings, I, I, I'm i going to give the edge to the Vikings, and I, I'm, I'm going to give this category to, to, to Minnesota, barely. I will give them the intangibles, too, on this. They're, both these teams have a lot of problems, Ted, and they're both trying to rebound. The Vikings have a lot of talent if they can get it all playing together. They have more talent than the Bengals. The biggest intangible problem for both these teams are mistakes, right? The Vikings can find a way to lose a game more like anybody else. They, <laughs> they just have these really horrible mistakes at times. And so I guess that does that qualify as an intangible? It does, yeah. It real does. bonehead play, and you're going, oh, what? What? What are we doing? So, but I'm still going to give the Vikings the nod on the intangibles because they're playing the Bengals. So that is our our homage to NFL today, our our game preview. And now, kids, I want to I want to tell you a little story. Now, I want you to grab a little glass of purple Kool Aid, like like Uncle Ted has right here, because it's purple Kool Aid time. Oh yeah! Let me drink a little purple Kool Aid, and I'm going to put on my purple sunglasses. We're going to flash that picture up there. What, what does it all mean, though? What does this mean? Here we go. The Minnesota Vikings are going to come out and play inspired football on Sunday. Their offense is going to look good. The offensive line going to be like five Hall of Famers. And the defense is going to shut down the Bengals. I'm expecting the Minnesota Vikings to win. One more sip of the purple Kool-Aid. There you go. We're going to call 28 to 10 Vikings. I can't follow that purple Kool-Aid up. That is <laughs> now, folks, now, not every week is going to be purple Kool-Aid. What, is, what we, exactly is the meaning of the purple Kool-Aid? Let them know. That means I'm drink. I'm drinking it all in. I'm, I'm all okay. on the Vikings bandwagon this week. This week. Weekly. The purple Weekly. Kool-Aid and the purple glasses on, and the Vikings are going to get it done. Okay, folks, you heard it right here. But Ted has the Kool-Aid out and these purple bitchin' purple glasses. Vikings are going to win. Mark it down. You can bet it right across the board with Vegas. If Ted says it, the Kool-Aid's out. If the Kool-Aid's dripping, the Vikings are ripping. How's that? Does that work? That's perfect. Okay. Now, now the last thing we got to do, uh, and how Brent Musburger, now the, the spread this week is is three, right? Vikings are favored by three? Yes. So the last week, so the last thing I got to ask you, Drew, so you think the Vikings are going to be a field goal better in this game? I have the Vikings by six, Brett. <laughs> that was my Jimmy the Greek. Awesome. And this is a good time for you to tell people about we will be around after the game, won't we, Ted? <laughs> oh, yes, we will. About 10 minutes after the end of the game on Sunday, Drew, Toonses, Christopher Gates, and myself will be on live on our YouTube channel right here on this very page with our first episode of Vikings Report Rewind. We'll be on for anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour. If it's a bad loss and we may need to do some group counseling, well, we might be stick around a little bit longer. But we're going to be on for at least half hour, 45 minutes, just depending upon how the the flow of the game goes, uh, to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly for the Vikings Week 1 game at the Cincinnati Bengals. Vikings Report Rewind right about 10 minutes after the game on Sunday. So, That is this week's preview. We will get a commercial and come back and wrap the show up with some trivia. The Jets and Browns, the Chiefs and Colts, the Giants and Bears, the Vikings and Packers, the Rams and Cowboys, NFL, electric, football. You start the action. With two complete teams like the Rams and Cowboys in their own colorful uniforms, NFL Electric Football by Tudor. You've got your sunrise. You caught a prize. You, you're making your Johnson. 
Friday nights, summer whites, you, your friends, and your Johnson. Rooster tails, water trails, you, your kids, and your Johnson. Saturday nights, distant lights, you, your girl, and your Johnson. You and your Johnson, a way of life for over 50 years. Welcome to Toonses Trivia. How are you guys doing? Good, Toonses. How are you? I am doing good. Drew, how are you? Good, Toonses. How are you? Oh my god, he didn't interrupt! <laughs> what? What he happened? He didn't interrupt her! <laughs> it's a miracle! It's a, it's a festivist miracle. <laughs> Mr. Haney? What about Mr. Haney? What do we got for trivia today, Tootsies? All right, today we are doing trivia. First part, first five questions is on Green Acres, our TV show of the week. And then the second five questions are going to be related to Viking season openers. Okay. Ted, hey, Ted, I'm going to yeah. be leaning on you for both these categories. I, wasn't, I didn't watch a lot of Green Acres, man. I, I, I watched some, but okay. Oh, all right, well, you guys are going to be playing together, so you can collaborate for your answers. Just like Mike Zimmer and his 1,900 offensive coordinators, we're going to be working together. All right, the first question. What is the full name of the pig on Green Acres? Arnold Ziffel. <laughs> yes. Yeah! Ted Glover! Yeah! That's brilliant, man. Excellent work, dude. All right, Green Acres takes place around which fictional town? I'm I'm gonna say Petticoat Junction. Hooterville. Oh, that's right, Hooterville. Doggone, I what knew was, that the one. The name of it was Hooterville. Hooterville, yeah. Hooterville and Al McPherson on the same episode. Remember or, that, right? <laughs> or Hootersville. Oliver and Lisa moved to the countryside from which big city? New York. New York. Very good. And what did Oliver do for a living when he was in New York? I believe he was a banker. Banker. I was going to say banker. He was a lawyer. Lawyer. But then farm living was the life for him. <laughs> Land spreading out so far and wide. Okay, last uh, Green Acres question is this character played by Frank Katie. Is it Katie or Caddy? Is the only person to be a regular on both Petticoat Junction and Green Acres? Oh, um, Uncle Joe? The, no, the, the the shopkeeper. Um, oh. Mr. Mr. Drucker. Mr. Drucker. Yes. Yes, that is correct. Sam Ted, Drucker. Ted, you are Dalvin Cook on this on this episode for this. You're carrying it. Good job, dude. All right, moving on to the Viking season openers. First mm. question. Which team did the Vikings defeat 37 to 13 in their first ever regular season game? Bears. Chicago Bears. Very good. Next question. On September, this is last year. On September 13, 2020, the Vikings opened the season against who? The Green Bay Packers. Oh. You want to guess that what the score was? It was a pretty crazy oh, score. Oh, it was like 42 43 to, to 34. 41 or yeah, like 42 to 31, something like 43 that. To 43 to 34. 43 to 31, yeah. Yeah, it, it was 43 to 34. How do you remember that? Good job, man? Drew. Well done. That's crazy. Because my mind was like a steel trap. <laughs> All I need is information and minds for molding. All right, let's go back to the season openers for my favorite three seasons. First one, 1998. Who did the Vikings stomp 31 to 7 in the season opener of 1998? Uh... Wasn't that Tampa Bay because Moss had that juggling touchdown catch? Yes. Tampa Bay. Boom. Good job. That is Damn. correct. Next favorite season, 2009. Who did the Vikings beat 34 to 20 in the season uh, opener? That'd be the Cleveland Browns. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's my all-time favorite Viking season. All right. Last question. In the 2017 season opener, who did the Vikings beat 29 to 19? Saints. Yes. yes. Yes, that's very Monday Night Football. That's right. Wow. Great job, Drew. Great Ready? Job. Good job, you guys. You guys got eight out of ten. Okay, thank you guys for playing. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Toots. <laughs>
Last three weeks, we have owned trivia. We have just like spanked trivia. Spank done it. pretty good. All right. So that is our regular season format show. I hope you guys liked it. Uh, we really enjoyed doing the, the preview. Thank you all again. If you like it, for liking, subscribing, commenting, sending us in trivia questions. Uh, we love it. We, we all, all three of us look at the comments. We don't maybe get to every single one, but we at least look at every comment. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to, to watch us, you know, interact with us. We think it's great. Again, about 10 minutes after the game Sunday, join join us uh, along with Christopher Gates for Vikings Report Rewind. We'll talk about the game that just was and uh, and where we go from there. And we'll try to do better the next time. Drewster, take us home. Thank you, Ted, for the great job hosting tonight and uh, running that big board. Ted Musburger, running the big board. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in for episode 32. Having a load, loads of fun here. We're having a great time. In two days, you got Vikings football. Yeah, so rejoice. You made it through the offseason with us, and this is a great time to be alive. I'm really thankful that we got this show going for you, and I'm really looking forward to the seasonal shows, you know, the live one after every Vikings game. You can tune in, hear me and Ted and Christopher Gates and Tunes talk about the win, and you can win a prize. Thank you for tuning in tonight. We ride tonight, Ted. We ride tonight to the guitar bite. And for those about to skull, we drink Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah! Enjoy your Viking game Sunday. We will talk to you Sunday on Vikings Rewind right after the show. Say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted.